All right, welcome everyone. This is Matt Giaro, and you're on the Build Your Thing podcast, where we help content creators build their thing. And today, I'm really happy to bring you a very interesting interview with Kevon Chung, who is actually an entrepreneur who shifted from the startup world, where he was running a company in kids coding, education, and software, into content creation. And in less than 12 months, he built his audience online, he started generating an income under an interesting principle, which is actually building in public. So I wanted to pick his brain to actually know more about what happened behind the curtain and how can we learn from his trials, from his failures, and from his successes. So without waiting any further, let's dive deep into the interview. Welcome, Kevin, to the show. Hey, Matt, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk about this topic with you and your audience. I think that I'm more excited than you. So let's get <laughs> equally. Yeah, so, so let's get started. So, Kevon, you actually, um, if, we, if we go back in time, so we are recording this at the beginning of 2022. If we go back a, a little bit more than one year, um, you were actually a nobody, right? <laughs> you're exactly right um i started really going to create online end of 2020 so that was when i stopped my relationship with my previous startup which i was the ceo but we couldn't get the growth we wanted so i started just writing online you know put out the struggles the lesson learns and if you ask me 12 months ago, I was actually working on my first project, which is the Build in Public Definitive Guide. I was writing, I was just starting to write it. Yeah, so time flies. Great. So uh, this, this is quite interesting because, uh, you know, like um, when it comes to, especially when it comes to making money online, building your stuff online, a lot of people, you know, um, they just come up with these crazy success stories where you you see, I mean, they built their email list in, in three months and then they just made a million dollars out of that. Um, you actually, uh, because like I've made some research before uh, before contacting you and I saw that you had a hard time um, at, at your startup. So um, can we put that a little bit more into perspective so that people actually see that even though you, you had a, a great growth, we're going to talk about that um, um, after that. Um, but um, you actually didn't start from zero. You mean my personal journey right now? No, you, like your journey in, in your startup, because there are a lot of, of things that you learned um, while being like what I saw uh, f- from, your, from your past experience in, in, in your startup is that there were things that didn't really went as expected, right? Oh, totally. If you're talking about like, if I learn anything from my previous number of years and then put it into this, this creator journey, exactly. I would say 100%. Like, uh, I mean, I'm sharing my journey from end of 2020 and, you know, I'm being as honest as possible. But the the thing is, I learned so much from all these failures from the previous like eight, nine years. I've done multiple startups. So you're exactly spot on. Like, yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, so eight, nine, so let's say you have been like in the startup world for nine years. And um, b- because I really want to put that into perspective because um, what I like is actually showing people like the, the, real, um, the real world and how the, 
how how things actually work out. Um, because um, a lot of people out there um, just think that there are magic bullets in order to build your audience and just to start um, uh, making money from your content. So um, uh, can we talk a little bit more about, about the struggles that you were facing before? Because uh, in my opinion, um, you were able to, to actually gather um, and, and, and really benefit from all this failure and actually um, build your, 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 your content creation business way faster with, with all this failure, right? Yeah, I think if you want me to pinpoint like the biggest failure from that experience, I would say it is um, really not understanding the market because we, we started out trying to go into the live event space, doing conference matchmaking for people. And honestly, we had no background in the event space. And then when COVID hit, of course, there w weren't any live events, right? So we had to pivot our software to become this online, you know, virtual platform with a lot of activities. And obviously, we had no idea what we're doing. Like, we just know that there's like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, and all these big competitors. But we don't understand the pain point enough, but I already have a team of people sitting in the office ready to code that feature or ready to write content. So that was my biggest failure. It's just, I, I should have like kind of put myself into that space long enough, really get to know the stakeholders, understand the pain point, and then create the solution. We, we, we just had it the wrong way. So for me, that was the biggest learning. And that's why when I went solo, like bootstrap right now, I didn't have any idea what I want to build. But instead, this time I want to do a 180 degrees opposite approach, which is I want the market to tell me what to build. And this is connecting to the building in public approach, which is I actually don't create the solution. Like when I have this audience around me, I can just tweet something in my mind and say, hey guys, I'm thinking about like writing this guide. Would you guys be interested? And then people are going to give me reaction. And I, I just keep observing what people are giving me, like what kind of signals. And then I just kind of judge, okay, I should work on this. No, I should not work on this. I can, I can really kind of train myself to analyze these signals. So I think that that was my yeah, biggest learning, and I think that really helped me in my first year of being a full-time creator. This is this is very interesting because um, a lot of the time we really get to think backwards, and we just like as an entrepreneur, we have like so many ideas, so many things that we can build, and we just start building, and and we think, yeah, this will be the thing. And then when you go to the market, you just see like, why is nobody is why is nobody engaging? Why is nobody buying my stuff? So, yeah. This is, yeah, this totally. is really interesting. Yeah. yeah, some people say, oh, is building in public such a niche topic? Are you going to, you know, make a business out of it? And mm -hmm. to me, I, at first, I don't know. Honestly, I started, you know, working on this idea because I was doing some research. I, I told you I started writing online end of 2020, right? Yes. So I didn't know what my niche is. And I started just basically writing um, my struggles and lesson learned from my startup, which is like SEO, user research, all these kind of entrepreneurship topics. But I re really 
wanted to find like a killer piece of content to make some noise for myself. <laughs> so I was doing research and I found like a lot of different terms like building in public, no code, micro SaaS. And I actually look at the Google results and the search volume and all that. And all the results point me to no code being the next coming thing. You know, it's going to yes. get bigger and bigger and bigger. But I asked myself like, Kavan, do you think you can talk about no code for many, many years? And I was like, no, I, I cannot. Like, it's just not me. But when I dig deeper into building public, it's just who I am as a person. Like, honesty, being helpful, being transparent is how I live my life. So I just decided to jump into that. And uh, coming back to what we were talking about, like, at first, I had no idea what building in public means. But after one year, I've taught so many people about this topic. I feel like it's entrepreneurship 2.0 in a sense that we should stop building things that people don't want and really work with our audience to build things that they want. <laughs> and you will not have $0 revenue because of this. This is interesting. So right now, let's just let's just go back. So okay. you... Um, you finished your your let's say your 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 project with, with your startup, and then what what happened? Like first, how did you pick your market? And the second question is, um, like how did you approach this this like writing this guide? Or was it like um, I just want to um, let's say create uh, like any kind any any kind of piece of content out there or was it like more like a like kind of a journal journaling approach or how did you how how did you get the ball rolling so with all the failures previously i had a plan in mind so i told you a little bit like i was writing individual blog posts on my personal website and obviously i was able to get like 30 to 40 people to read it each time but i knew that if i just keep doing this i'm not going anywhere so at that point, I know that the only way to make some noise is when you create something super high quality and people are excited to read and people are excited to share to their friends. So that was my plan. But then I didn't know what to write. So as I told you, I was doing some research and no code, micro SaaS, they all seem appealing. But built in public is something that I realize is who I am and I really don't mind talking about it for like 20 years or even 40 years or 60 years. Like I, I knew that. So at that point I was like, Hmm, interesting. Maybe let me just Google search bill in public and see what's out there. And you know what? I found four articles talking about this concept and also kind of, teaching people how to start, but just a little bit because it's just a blog post. And then when I went on Twitter, a lot of people are using this hashtag build in public. And I went on Indie Hackers Forum and a lot of people are wondering how they can get started. So at that point, I was like, oh my God, people want to do this, but no one is helping them. That's where I need to step in. So I think, I think this whole thing is part of me just understanding my true self like what kind of topics really resonate with myself and part of it is really just research and observing what people are talking about and solving some pain points for them this is is half half yeah 
Yeah, so it's it's uh, this this is, an, this is an interesting point because you found actually the sweet spot between the things that you're interested in and on the other hand, like there was a demand for it because m- most of the time creators they just like they just have the they are, just have a missing part. So either they're one hundred percent like um, uh, passionate about something, but on the other hand, there are like there is like there is like nobody listening to them. And on the other side, you have people who just jump into the trend. So they see, well, there is a trend about Bitcoin. Let's just talk about Bitcoin. Or there is a trend about, let's say, as you told, um, no code. Let's just talk about no code. So um, I think this, like, would you, how would you, what would you say to somebody who, who is actually struggling with this? So he, like someone who's, um, who actually knows that he wants to to create content, but um, he it isn't really able to put, let's say, those two important parts into in into place, or just to find a sweet spot. What what, what do you suggest to to this person? Yeah, that's a really good question because a lot of people ask me this question. So I'm actually writing a book. Uh, exactly about what I went through so that maybe they can learn something from it. Um, I would say like when a lot of people think about creating content, the first thing they think about is like, how can I create something quick and get more eyeballs or capture some emails, right? I I know a lot of people just approach it this way. But for me, um, well, first of all, I need to say, it involves a lot of luck. Like I, I, even though I seem like I sound like I had a plan behind all this, but it, without luck, without things being at the right time at the right place, I don't think I can make it this far. So luck played a big role. But if I need to give one advice, right, I would say, don't create something that there are a lot of resources out there already. Like the other day, my friend told me, I want to create a creator starter guide for anyone who wants to be a creator. And I was like, (laughs) why, why, why do you want to do that? There's just so many out there and everyone is doing it. You're not going to stand out. Mm -hmm. So the key thing is um, finding something that you really just are curious and interested to talk about, which is one circle and find something that has a very unique angle. Like maybe maybe don't brand it as a starter guide. Maybe make it like um, creator doesn't need an audience, right? This mm-hmm. kind of this kind of angle would would attract a group of people. Not everyone, but it will attract a small group of people, and that's how you get started. Interesting. So um, right now you 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 just found your niche by doing a little bit of research and what were actually the next steps so you just start creating a guide from from scratch so d- did you have any so did you have any experience in, in building in public or like what was what did the process look like <laughs> no man i'm completely new to this concept i'm but but it's not like a very difficult concept right it is basically just sharing snippets from your journey and then um, talking about it. But after doing it for so long, I realized a lot of people just, if you tell them, hey, just share your snippets from the journey, mm-hmm. it's not that easy. But anyway, yeah. 
I didn't know anything about building in public. And I was thinking, oh, now that I am going to create this build in public definitive guide, I, I know that I want this to be very high quality. I'm not aiming to get it done in like five days and then capture like 200 emails. I want this to be a legacy. So I just took my time. You know, I opened my Notion page. I put, put in all my research and I started talking about it on Twitter. I still remember the first thread I wrote. It was like, hey guys, I am going to write this guy. This is my research process. I went through different topics and keywords, blah, blah, blah. And guess what? I got six likes because I didn't have an audience and it was definitely not the right audience too. I, I had like 200 people and most of them are my high school, college friends who are not even active anymore. So six likes, okay, not too bad. And then in two days, I talk about my new findings like, oh, I'm going to make this free. I don't want to make this pay because I'm a nobody. So I just keep sharing, sharing, sharing. And all these threats, it was like six likes, four likes, 10 likes. And nobody really cared. But at some point, I was like, hey, guys, I finished the first four chapters. Who wants to read? And you know what? I remember like eight people raised their hand. And I was just honestly surprised. Like, oh, my God, these people just show up out of nowhere. And now I think back, I think it's because like these people are watching my uh, progression. They're seeing Kavon really doing the work every single day. And now Kavon is asking for help. They're just willing to jump in. So by taking a slow approach and just showing each step, I think it built a lot of trust with the people who are watching. So that was how I kickstart the whole process. Okay, interesting. So basically, what you're saying is that by the time being, you weren't didn't you, you didn't were actually an expert. You just told yourself, well, I'm going to do a research and I'm going to do it well. And I'm just going to to share share it with others, right? This is how you, you just got started. Yeah, I was being completely transparent that um, I'm a newbie in building in public, but I'm creating this guide because I was learning about it. So I wanted to share my learnings with everyone else. And that this is why it's also free for all because... I'm not an expert in this. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So, and, and how did you, get, like those six or eight people who, who raised their hand, um, who were they? People you, you actually knew? Or did you, did you do some things behind the curtain, let's say, starting engaging with people um, and then just growing your followers like that? What was the... What it was think? all hard work. <laughs> so I, I know a lot of people, they, they think they can just tweet and just sit here and wait for people to come to them. But yes. for me, I know it doesn't work like that. Like in the early stage, you have to be proactive. So I actually uh, went into the Indie Hacker Forum, the Building in Public page, and I was doing research, right? So I was like note, noting down all the questions and pain points people have. But then as I gained more knowledge about this topic, then I would always go to the forum. And I actually, I think I block like 30 minutes every day to just go into the forum and reply people and just help them based on what I know. So I think, you know, these people, they, they probably get help from me here and there, or they found me randomly through these um, other Twitter followers. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was a lot of hard work. I spent a lot of time engaging with people. Yeah, so this is the thing. Like this, this is the grinding because I do, like sometimes when we 
when we just create, let's say, an ultimate killer resource, the thing is that, okay, we may get the content right, but if there is nobody in the room, nobody will actually engage with it. So um, like in, in, in terms of time, could you give us, um, let's say, a, um, a little bit of, of, of insight? Let's say, let's say for one hour you were working, like how, how long did you spend actually, quote unquote, promoting? It, it, it wasn't really promoting at the beginning, but starting engaging with people. And how much, how much time did you spend actually on the resource itself? So I was full time on this. <laughs> so I had a lot of time and uh, I don't exactly know the numbers, but in the early days, it would probably be like four hours working and writing on the guide. And then four hours just, you know, chatting with people on Twitter, helping people in forum and then follow them first and then check out their work is four hours and four hours, something yeah, like so that. So, so I think there is another big lesson is that for everyone who, who's listening and maybe just starting out, don't expect your 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 great piece of content to be discovered just like that. You just have to to engage with people and, and start talking and, and 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 just get yourself out there because um with that much noise out there actually there is like um one chance in a million that people will discover you organically, right? That's exactly right. Like I, I'll share another example. Like Throughout the journey, I asked people to be early readers, to give me feedback, right? And then um, at the end, when the guide launched, I actually messaged every single person who has helped me in the journey and say, hey, guys, I finally launched this. Can you help me retweet it or talk about it somehow? Mm -hmm. And guess what? Everyone helped because they... They just want to get involved because they have been helping me with this project. But but honestly, uh, it, it is a very slow project, like two months <laughs> for nine chapters. So I guess when you do slow work, people tend to help you more because they know that you're serious. This is interesting. So right now, let's, let's tackle a little bit your about the, the insecurities because you're telling me two months. I'm pretty sure that there was like, a little voice in your head telling you, well, um, do you think that you're really going to do this? Um, do you think that you're on the right track? Maybe you're just wasting your time. Maybe no, nobody wants to read this. So how did you manage that? This is funny. So I actually spent some time to think about this when you sent me the questions, right? Like it, the reason why I started to write this in public is exactly because I wasn't sure if people want this. So even though I said I have done my research and I know that people you know, are getting into building in public and I know that there isn't a lot of resources to help them, but I still, I'm still not sure. But the fact that I'm sharing like snippets every two days or every day, I can see the reaction from people. Like, someone would randomly jump in and say, oh my God, this is exactly what I need. Uh, please tell me when you are done. So I think all these like, little signals really help me um, um, be, be, be more comfortable, keep going. Otherwise, I probably would just stop somewhere. So I guess this is like really a benefit of building in public, which is at some point, if you don't hear any signal, then maybe you can stop there instead of investing more time and getting more sunk costs. Um, but of course, uh, there are insecurities. Like for me, 
what I was thinking at that point is, okay, if no one is excited about this, I can just stop and go back to, you know, finding a job. That <laughs> seems to be a viable option, right? But what okay. if what if everyone is excited about the guy, but I cannot make money out of this later on? Then, then it's even worse <laughs> because I'm just going to keep going, but I don't know what outcome I can get. But, you know, um, I, I learned my lesson from the previous startup experience that you cannot think too far ahead. I'm just really focused on doing the next step. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is interesting. So uh, how did you manage actually? So let's just go straight to the point. How did you manage to get <laughs> to make money out of this? So <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, so so it was funny. Um, oh, I I knew that to become sort of successful online is a lot about credibility. Like people buy from you not because uh, uh, I shouldn't say this. People buy from you because they trust you. That's what happens on the internet. It's all about that personal branding. So for me, I knew that, and I was like, hmm. Um, people ask me to charge for this guide and I'm like, no, I don't want to charge. Like, I'm just going to give it out. I, I want to build up my credibility and my name. So I actually went on six months without making $1. And that was the plan until my, my wife knocked on my door one day and say, Kavon, are you going to charge people or are you going to do this for free forever? <laughs> and that was, that was like a wake up call to me. And I was like, okay, fine. Now, I sh- let's figure out monetization. And you know, creating free shit for people is so easy and so joyful because everyone is going to be thanking you forever, right? Every single day. So when I started to monetize, I was really having a hard time. The first thing I did was a paid community because it was quite natural. Like a lot of people around me are excited about building in public. And I was thinking, why not just create a space and charge them five bucks and put them all together. <laughs> okay. So I did. So I did that, but I didn't just do it. I also built that in public. Um, and let me share the steps. Like one day, I would tweet like, "Hey guys, I'm thinking of putting together a building in public group, and who's interested? Tweet back to me." And then I, I think I got like, like maybe a couple hands. And then in a few days, I put out a Google form. And I think 20 people filled in. So I reach out to these people and say, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) I'm just going to create a Twitter DM group and put everyone in. Uh, I'm not going to charge you. I'm just going to sit here and help you and observe what's going on. So I eventually got like nine people in the group. And I spent 30 days just helping them in the group. No charging, no subscription, no payment. And at some point I was ready and I was like, tweeting again and say hey guys uh the nine of us were having a lot of fun now it's five bucks per month who wants to join and then i got like 25 people or something so so that was my first step to monetize but it i eventually shut it down (laughs) and i eventually moved towards the course path because i i was observing the community and i realized just putting people together doesn't really work you know, no one really knows what to talk about and their goals are very different. So I moved towards creating a course where I just basically teach everyone what I know and they have the same goal, they're on the same pace and they can interact with each other much easier. 
Interesting. So the thing is right now, um, you have this resource about um, how to build in public. And then people may say, well, I already, I, I, like you just created this guide. How can you monetize? How can, how can you put out a course there? Can you just share with us um, um, like how did you, how did you approach that? And um, how are you able to um, actually um, put like more value into a course if you already put so much things into a, into a free resource? Yeah, I get this question a lot. Like, um, if you yeah, if you give away so much, then why should people take your course? <laughs> I uh, honestly, I was I don't know at first, but now I know. Like, people sign up to courses. It's not just about the content. Like right now, people are signing to my building public mastery course because they want my personal guidance or they want to meet some like-minded people who they can share their journey with like going forward or they they look for peer-to-peer learnings instead of just with Kavan. So there are so many different things that can happen in a course and you just cannot get from reading yourself. So people actually value those more than the content. So my advice to all the course creator out there is like, yeah, the content is just one part of it. Um, you have to design the other experiences as well. Yeah, because the thing is like, uh, when when you when I talk with content creators or course, especially course creators, so they have like, like they just start, they have like this big idea. They know that, um, well, I'm going to sell this course. But first, nobody knows them. Second, they don't know if, they, if the course actually um, um, appeals to their target audience. And three, they just think it's all about the content. So this is just like the proof that this is not true. I think, I think you're spot on. I think we have this impression because, you know, it has always been just video courses and you put up like 50 bucks and people can buy it while you're sleeping. Like, yes. I think the online education space has been this way for a long time, but obviously it's not working. So that's why we're shifting towards other formats like cohort-based course. So... But, but it, really, it really depends what lifestyle you want. Because for me, um, I get really excited working with people real time. And I want to be in live sessions with them. That's why I go for cohort-based course. But if you're someone who is like, you like to take your time, you like to make money while you sleep, you want to sell all year around, then a video course makes more sense. And honestly, I think they can both be very successful. So not everyone needs to you know, flood to doing cohort-based course. It's all yeah. about who you want to be. Yeah. Who you want to be. And also I think the transformation that, that you want to that you want to provide. And certainly yeah. there is like um there is like no no one size fits all answers. So it certainly depends on the audience on the specific uh the the, the specific transformation that you want to provide and so on and so forth. So maybe uh, after you doing some some cohorts we could we could actually just discuss about is 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 the cohort system really better than the conventional quote unquote course system? So this is like a future invitation for you on the podcast because <laughs> we we are just in thirty minutes, but I think that we we've got a, a lot of nuggets out there. So thank you very much. Yeah, we can talk about that later on. I I've taught like five six cohorts already, so I, I have a lot to share. <laughs> that, that that's nice. So. Um, Let's just go back a little bit when you've mentioned that at the beginning of the of the interview that um, 
there, there was like this fear of being too niche down, right? So, so did, did this fear arise from from you or from your um, from the people around you? And how did you actually manage to to get over that? Yeah, this fear is real. <laughs> so you know, when I start, um, I created the course right and then i was able to get people in because i was charging very little like i my first course was 50 bucks and it, it was honestly not hard to get people in um but then at some point when you try to grow uh, i i started to doubt myself like oh my god can i find more people interested in building in public and Actually, I started to tweak my messaging on my website. Like, oh, how can I be more broad? Like, should I, uh, maybe now I should talk about personal branding because it's part of mm. building a trustworthy brand. Uh, maybe I should talk more about audience building and all that because it's about audience building too. And I, I, I changed all the messaging on my website. And then later on, I decided to go back to building public. The reason is, um, I guess we all struggle with this fear of growth, and then we try to fix something to hope that that can break growth. But the, the the truth is, maybe we can just stay niche, but then, you know, just create more awesome content and and just use this niche to attract more people. You know, and the way to do it might not be doing fifty dollars course. Like right now, my course is at least $600. So by increasing the price point, um, I can actually work with less people, but I can work with the really, really committed students. So that is a way down. But yeah, I think I have a lot of fear of being too niche. But now, like after 12 months, I realize I'm actually teaching entrepreneurship. So now I'm actually very optimistic because There's just so much I can teach within this umbrella. Um, I think I'm just at the start of it. Yeah, and 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 I think at, at one time or another, you just have to start with something, right? Because let's say if you if you let's say go out there and say, "Hey, um, I'm just the personal branding kind of um, go-to guy." Well, how many other well-established um, bra personal branding um, uh, coaches do you already have out there? So how can you compete with them? Exactly, exactly. So going back to the finding your unique mm. differentiation, yeah. So this is quite interesting because um, let me just tell you a, um, a story um, how, how, how I actually found you is that um, I went on a Twitter, I don't remember uh, who it was. I guess it was... Um, No, yeah, now, now I remember. So the thing is that I saw a YouTube creator um, who mentioned uh, another creator. So I went on the other creator's Twitter and then I don't know, like there, but you know, like social media, you just go down the rabbit hole and then you just end up in a thing that <laughs> you didn't really expect. And then I just, I just find your, your Twitter, your Twitter account. And then here is really the thing. And, and that actually, um, appeals to me because this is actually um like the thing that i that i all want to to go in is actually um when it comes to um talking about counterintuitive things and really helping content creators um create uh, better content is when i saw that 
well, this guy has a course which is called Make Twitter Friends, uh, Make Make Friends on Twitter, right? Which is yeah. completely counterintuitive. And this fits exactly into what I try to teach people, right? It's like doing counterintuitive things to actually get the results um, and, and get the re- way better results than doing things that everyone else is, is, is preaching. So can you please... Um, Dig deeper into how did you find this this angle? Because everyone on social media just wants more and more followers. So you you just just enter the room and you're telling guys um, that's the wrong way to do. What you have to do is you just have to make friends on Twitter. So like you're just getting this in your face, and then you start listening to this guy because well maybe what he what he's saying is is making sense. So can you tell us a bit little bit more about that? Yeah, I so this free course came out like right after the guy launch. Then then I have time to work on a new project. Excuse, this, uh, excuse me, which the like the the free guide about building a public? Yeah, um okay. the the free the first one, the one I spent the, 2 months. Yeah. Okay, great. So this time, you know, I was doing an email course because I want to get to know, get get some emails, right? So yes. that was the intention behind. But like building this <laughs> exactly, exactly. So being very honest here, and everyone should build their list early on. I didn't do it for, for the longest time. But coming back to finding that topic, um, it was very much like through my interaction with people on Twitter. Like I like to show up as myself. That's why you see the broccoli. That's why you see that I'm having a bit of fun. I'm not too serious about anything. Like if people like to joke about something, I'm pretty vulnerable. I can I can do that. And I just observed that actually there's a bunch of people who don't care about followers. Like when I started talking about like how you can grow your follower numbers, these people don't care. Like all they want is to get on Twitter, meet some like-minded friends and have some buddies where they can just you know, help each other get better every single day. So I was observing this trend and also is exactly my own approach to Twitter, right? I told you uh, in the beginnings, I was uh, involving people, but I was actually making friends with all of them. Like I was really interested in their lives, what they're doing. And I chat with most of them uh, one-on-one. I get on Zoom calls. So I pretty much just summarize my own take on this and combine with my observation and then created a course and put it out there. And I honestly, I didn't, it, it was a gamble. I didn't know like so many people resonate with this way of Twitter, um, but I definitely see a bit of signal. So, yeah. So were there any kind of, of validation before you, you build the, you build this course because just to put this into perspective, which is quite funny because um, I have um, been creating some some kind of those small courses also. And my approach to this is just, I create the landing page and I create the first email and I see if people sign up, I just continue doing it. If not, then I just switch, just switch to something else. So what was your approach to this? Um, I don't exactly remember how I started, but I think at that point I was... I don't think I need like a lot of validation. The reason is because this is like a small project, right? I think I spent like a week on the on the on the seven day course, mm-hmm. and if it doesn't work, it's not gonna kill me or it's not gonna hurt me a lot. But I t- I 
I believe in this because it's my own approach. And at that point, I already have quite a lot of credibility from my free guide. And I think maybe people would love to hear my unique approach to Twitter. And then also my observation gave me some signals. So I didn't really dig more into validation. I I went into, I, I, I probably captured some email before the course even launched. So that was my, you know, safe bet to, to get some validation. Yeah. This is interesting. And I would strongly recommend to anyone who's listening to this. We are, of, of course, we're going to link to that into the, into the show notes. Um, I really enjoyed the the course. So actually, I was actually reading it and and and, and just like before launching the launching the the podcast recording, I just told to Kevon that I have been shut down by Twitter. Just like like I, I guess my second or my third tweet was um, uh, that um, where I mentioned you and I told you that um, you gave the fi- you gave me the final push actually to go on Twitter and then they just shut me down maybe two or three <laughs> hours after that. So you mentioned anyways, the wrong no, guy. <laughs> no, I, I, no, no tr- truly speaking, I, I really enjoyed the the seven day course. Um, I think like it's it, it's really well written and and also like you're giving an action plan at the end of each email, which is which is really valuable and and I think that even though um, you had also an, an interesting approach that um, even though you didn't know in advance if this course is going to work or not. At least um, something that I'm also teaching is that when you start just writing down your methodology or your unique view about any kind of of stuff in your niche, it helps you actually um, think better about it, being way clearer about it, and and, and also um, attract people who share the same, the same, um, the the same, um, uh, the, the same frame of, of, of this uh, um, of this specific subject. So well done. Thank you. Yeah, I, I can totally agree on that. Like there are just so many people repeating the same thing over and over again online. Exactly. The the the, the people that people want to follow is the the thinker, the one that has unique perspective, and we need to try to be these people. Yeah. So um, I think we we could actually just record another podcast about how to be a thinker and, and, and not just be a parrot who is just repeating what, what others are doing. But can you share with us some insights or, or, on how do you, do you actually approach content creation? How do you, how do you actually create, um, quote unquote, original content? Mm, um, <laughs> there's no original content. <laughs> so... I actually wrote a blog post about this. Like at first I was struggling. I was like, oh my God, I had this idea and then I push it out and I feel amazing. Like I'm the inventor of this thought. Yes. And then in a few days I was like, oh my God, this someone else is talking about this as well. And I feel like shit. I feel like, oh my God, I have nothing unique to offer to this world. But later on, like over time, because I've been writing a lot, I realized that all ideas come from consuming someone else's idea. Like you first exactly. need to have that data coming into your brain. And then the key is you process it through your own brain and then you output something. Like you're not just taking someone's idea and then just say it over and over again. Um, so to, I overcome that fear of being original. I don't care whether I'm original, but I just I just process it through my brain. Um and when it comes to content creation, I guess, how do I take it? 
This this is a hard question. Um, I just don't agree with everything I hear, <laughs> and I don't want to just do things because it's do going well for someone else. Like, just give you an example. If you write about how to grow on Twitter, if you write a thread and push it out there, easily you can get hundreds or thousands of likes and replies because everyone was craving for that. But I ask myself, do I want to be that person who is talking about hacking Twitter followers? And the answer is no.、Um, I don't want to be that person. So I just stay true to myself.、Um, I rarely talk about. Hitting a follower count number because I just don't want people to think that hitting ten thousand or two thousand is a is something that meaningful. It's actually not that meaningful. It's、yeah. just a numbers game. So basically, yeah, don't listen to everyone else and have your own stand on things. I think this is this 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 mind shift is is actually quite important because、um, what I have noticed in the let's say. Online or internet marketing space is that、uh, we we just try to outsource a lot of thinking into maybe other course creators and think that well they have the truth and because we are not successful so maybe others who actually created courses and、um, seem quite successful so they 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 have all all the answers and I think this is actually um. A, a, quite a big, big problem because、um, this is why so many people actually stop thinking themselves and just think, well, the quick fix is just buy、uh, buy this course and this course will te- will teach me how to do it. And、um, yeah, I think we、um, a lot a lot of people online who try to make a living online just just are in this trap that、um, well, there is a quick fix for everything and. Well, you don't need to think. Just just apply the method, and just it's just so easy. And yeah, I mean, this is、um, this is this is a really really great insight.、Uh, I like that. Yeah, I think it's because we all position our content as in like, hey, you you, this is the way to go. <laughs> this is my advice.、Yes. And a lot of readers when they're consuming, they're thinking. Okay, this is this is the best way to get there. So let's just do it. Like I have an example. I was doing this when I started the community. I was researching how people run their community, and there was a platform called Circle. So without a doubt, I like this asynchronous approach. So I signed up for Circle to run my community. But you know what? I realize my audience are early stage entrepreneurs. A platform like Circle actually stopped them from posting、mm-hmm. because it's just too scary. And actually, Slack is a much better, easier way for them to chat. And I did that because I was just looking at what people do and copying. And I later switched to Slack because I realized I need to listen to my own people instead of just copying someone else. Exactly.、So、this is just one example. Yeah. 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 You, you can. You cannot. You cannot copy paste. What someone else tried, and it may try for it may it may work for him, but not for you. And I think that、um, we are all afraid of testing because testing involves ninety percent of failure and just ten percent of success, or maybe ninety five percent of failure and just five percent of success. But I think if you really want to grow, you just have to embrace the fact that you have to test, you have to fail, you have to fail a lot in order to to to, to get success. And yeah, this example is is very very interesting.、Um, Kevin, please 
Um, right now, tell us a little bit more about how do you help actually um, people build in public? Yeah, so this is interesting. Like in the early days, I was like, hey guys, build in public, it's super easy, right? <laughs> you just be vulnerable and you be yourself. Uh, that's all I was saying to people because I was just starting out and that was the way I teach. But I, I, I noticed a lot of people actually couldn't make the jump to sharing snippets or sharing about like their journey. And I realized it's not that easy. So now um, after 12 months of like, like working with all these people and figuring out the best way to teach it, I actually had to break down my course into six different modules, you know? One is about overcoming that social media fear. That's step one. And then the other one is like, what do you actually capture from your day-to-day? -day? Like, people actually don't have an idea. And then later on, uh, I'd also work with them on like, how do you write in a way so that you prompt people to reply? A lot of people actually write what they want to say. And when people read their tweet, like they don't even have that trigger to reply. So how do you fix that? So there are just so many things I can go deeper and help them um, work their way up. And yeah, this is how I evolved my course building public mastery as well. Like at first it was just email prompts with a video of me explaining different concepts, but now it's like a full on experience, video content, uh, live workshops, uh, group projects and all that. So it has come a long way. <laughs> I, I like that because actually you're illustrating exactly how, how course building sh should be. Like the whole creative process is here about iteration. So you just started with, with something, then you made it better, you made it better, you made it better, you tweak it, you see that, well, um, like the first version, like right now, I'm sure if you think about the first version, you you maybe just think, oh, how how stupid was I just to... Yeah to forget that well may, people may encounter this or that problem and but this is just how the how the thing works right nothing works out of the box that's right i'm at my fourth iteration of my course now so if you're someone who is thinking you can just record some video and start selling for years it's tough <laughs> yes but also is, yeah. the other learning is that it's super interesting even my first iteration of the course a lot of students love it <laughs> even though now thinking back i thought it was a stupid approach but they enjoyed it at the moment so this means to me that you know people learn in many different ways um as long as you are helping your best at that moment and charging the right price like i started with 50 bucks right so for them the value they get from the course and the 50 bucks makes sense yes. so i just slowly work my way up like if i start with 500 dollar course you will not, I will not be here on this podcast today. <laughs> yeah. So this is the thing. So, so, uh, so how, huh, it, like there are so many things really, so, so many lessons. And, and, and I guess myself, I have to go through, through this, through this recording, maybe two or three times. And I would encourage everyone who's like listening to this, that don't expect to, to get all the nuggets, um, that you dropped today, um, just by listening to, to, to it once. And, and, and I really thank you, thank you for, for that. And I thank you for your transparency because, you know, talking about your insecurities, talking about the, the hurdles, the, 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 the roadblocks, it's not an easy thing, but it fits totally in your, into your approach of building in public. So, yeah. 
Yeah, if I just want, if I just wrap this up with one thing, is like when you are able to say your um, vulnerabilities, the insecurities, right? When you're saying it out, that's the moment you accept it yourself already, and that's a big plus for people who look at this person and say, "Wow, this person is confident and nothing to hide." And that's one of the big part of building public, which is to show your confidence and tell your stories. So yeah, I know it's not easy. It's not easy to overcome that, but try. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you very much, Kevin. So, if um, people want to know more about you, how? Uh, what is the best way uh, to actually get in touch with you and see your work? I think the best way is definitely Twitter. My handle is Meet Kevon, M-E-E-T-K-E-V-O-N. And from there, you're going to dig a very deep rabbit hole <laughs> from all the links. But let's just start there. Like Twitter is the, the way you can reach me as well. Great. Thank you very much, Kevon, for your time. And uh, yeah, um, as I told you, this is another open invitation, maybe in six months, in one year, um, after actually um, like teaching more cohorts and just giving us uh, a little bit of insights about things that you've learned. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for being here. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me. Happy to chat again. All right. So I hope that you appreciated this episode with Kevon Chang. Um, actually, there are, as I told you, a lot of nuggets, a lot of insights that I would strongly encourage you to re-listen again and really take some notes. And yeah, for everyone who's actually interested in knowing more about Kevon, we are going to leave all the links in the descriptions and the show notes. So be sure to check that out if you want to learn more about his work, about what he's actually doing and how to build in public. And yeah, if you appreciate this episode, please, the biggest support that you can give us is actually spread the word and just share, subscribe, and actually leave a comment on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you very much for tuning in. This is Matt Jaro, and I see you in the next one.